This is the Raising Freethinkers podcast. I'm Dale McGowan, editor and co-author of Raising Freethinkers and Parenting Beyond Belief, books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. Episode 40, A Different Kind of Game. It starts with a girl waking up in a giant stone hand. Then the hand crumbles and she falls through the sky. This is the beginning of a game called Gris, G-R-I-S, the Spanish word for gray. I'd been looking for something to occupy my early morning downtime, something to replace the mindless scrolling of Facebook that I'd do for the first hour of every day before the sun came up. I wake up early for some reason, 4.30 or 5, but my brain isn't ready to engage the world, so Facebook. That had to stop. It's just toxic and depressing, and I hate myself afterwards. So I went looking for something else to do in that gray hour. And I thought of gaming, but I don't like first-person shooter games, and it's mostly not a moral thing. It's because the constant anxiety stresses me out. I wanted something interesting, but in a lower key. Now, a friend who didn't even know that I was looking for this kind of thing mentioned Grease to me. It was actually the soundtrack that led him to mention it. The soundtrack is unusually great for this game. And one part of it uses a wordless choir, something I had mentioned in my music podcast, How Music Does That, which is available wherever you get this podcast. But it was his description of the game that got my attention. When the girl was in the giant stone hand, she sang. Then the hand crumbles. She puts a hand to her throat. Her voice has gone silent and she tumbles through the sky. Landing at last in a world drained of color. Gray. Greece. She has to find her way through this world to add back the colors one at a time and find her voice again. My friend described the score as magical. All the music in this episode is from the game, by the way. And the art as hauntingly beautiful, which it is. So she's falling through the sky. And she lands in a wasteland, a desert. And at first, I didn't know what to do or how. You can play this on consoles or tablets, by the way, but I was playing on my phone, and I couldn't even figure out how to make her walk. All the seemingly intuitive swipes and taps I could do just made her sit down hard. And as she kept falling and getting up again, I began to feel that I was letting her down. This tiny animated person was in a bad situation, marooned in the middle of nowhere, and 
I was the only one who could get her out of it, and I was failing. Now, when after a good ten minutes I finally figured out how to make her walk, I was relieved. But I also felt this emotional residue, like I was sorry I had put her through that. Now, I'm not a gamer, but I have to think this is a known topic. First-person games are different. It's more about what I'm going through as the character. But Greece is third person. I was feeling empathy for this little person whose well-being was in my hands. Now she walks through the desert. A sudden wind pitches her into a long backward roll. And more than once I found myself spontaneously saying, ah, sorry, to her. It's interesting. You eventually figure out, again by trial and error, how to resist the wind. Other skills are gradually switched on, but again, you don't know you have a new skill until you stumble on it. So she works her way through landscapes and structures and levels that I later learned are meant to reflect the Kubler-Ross stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. As each level is mastered with difficulty, and again, without instructions, such as life, one color is added back to the world. It's just a beautiful, captivating experience, and I'm intentionally leaving out the details because discovering them is part of the pleasure of the game. It definitely did the job of giving me a positive activity for that dead hour in the morning. Something that put me in a better mental place to start the day. But this game is more than just that, really. More than just a better way to spend my time. And that's why I'm talking about it on a parenting podcast. Greece is one of a growing number of situational narrative games that replace peril and death with character empathy and problem solving. Monument Valley and Journey are two others that come to mind. Braid, a classic of this type, is being re-released. All of those have similar general descriptions. There's a different feel to each one, but the single character in a strange world who's carried forward by your own thinking skills, those are shared elements. The empathy component is intense, at least for me, in Greece. There was one time when I finally got her past a particular set of timed obstacles after many, 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 many attempts that I literally choked up for her, not for me. I mentioned something similar in the episode on empathy a while back. In his book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, 
Steven Pinker describes a period in the late 18th century when human rights and civil rights and ideas of social equality began to take center stage. There was suddenly a greater concern for other people, an increase in empathy, including people unlike yourself. And the historian Lynn Hunt noticed that this was also the heyday of the epistolary novel, enormously popular stories written as a series of first-person letters or diary entries. The story unfolds in a character's own words, exposing their thoughts and feelings in real time rather than describing them from the distant perspective of a narrator. Grown men are said to have burst into tears while experiencing the lives of people with whom they had very little in common. The philosophers of the Enlightenment marveled at the way novels engaged a reader's identification with and sympathy for others. It's right around this time that the focus on human rights and social equality kicks in. I don't know if the novels are part of that reason, and neither do Pinker and Hunt for sure. But it's not unreasonable to make that connection. I think the right kind of gaming can achieve the same thing, the same emotional connection and empathy. And Greece certainly does that for me. And then there's the critical thinking aspect of it. There are problems to solve in this game and goals to achieve at each level, but you start out with no idea what they are, what she is supposed to be doing. So after standing alone in the desert for a while, you do the only thing you can get her to do. You start walking. If she goes in one direction, she'll run into an obstacle. So she experiments with ways to get around it and then discovers that, oh, she can jump a little. Not enough for the obstacle. So she heads back the other way and the wind blows and she tumbles back until she finally learns the trick for resisting it. And then she comes to a temple carved into a mountain. The whole game is like this. An obstacle or an opportunity, frustration, trial and error, and finally a solution that allows her to move forward. And as she goes, you'll get quicker at solving problems, more adept not only at the controls, but at working out the puzzles that are presented to you. It's an all-consuming critical thinking experience wrapped up in this gorgeous digital art and music. And the ending of the story is strange and beautiful and satisfying. Total game time is about five hours if you are a skilled gamer. I've easily spent 20 in there already, and I don't care. I was looking for a better way to spend that gray hour in the early morning, and Greece is it for me. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of Only Sky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at OnlySky.com. Dot media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. 
See you next time for Raising Freethinkers. <laughs>